welcome to Innova's Third Hall Library podcast. In this episode, our host Chloe Austin, Innova's curatorial trainee, is speaking with Zhao Yi Ni, one of our library volunteers. Before we get into our discussion, a few words about what we do. We are an involving radical visual arts organization that is developing an artistic program that explores the politics of race, class and gender in the visual arts, working predominantly with British-born and British-based artists of African and Asian descent. The Stuart Hall Library, where we are recording from, acts as a critical hub for our work. Its collection focusing on contemporary art from Africa, Asia, Latin America and the work of British artists from diverse cultural backgrounds. Our team of volunteers all do fantastic work which involves them digging deep into the library and archive collection. This podcast explores the work of our volunteers to uncover some of the hidden gems in the Stuart Hall Library and provoke discussion. So now to today's guest, as I said, Zhao Yi, Zhao Yi, Zhao Yi, Zhao Yi, perfect, now we've got it on record so I can get it right, <laughs> Zhao Yi uh, is a volunteer here at the Stuart Hall Library, she is studying for a PhD at the Royal College of Art, where her research project is titled Collective Marching as a Curatorial Method, and it focuses on the curatorial project, The Long March, A Walking Visual Display from 2002. Zhao Yi is also an independent curator and researcher, and in the library she's working on compiling a bibliography of the curator Ho Han Ru, and transcribing some of Han Ru's rec- uh, recordings of interviews with Chinese artists which he made during his trip to China in 1994. Yes, thank you for having me today. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, what made you want to volunteer at the library? So, it's kind of interesting how I find about Innova because actually I find not many of my peers, even they are working um, or studying here, mm. uh, especially for international students, they maybe have heard about Tate, mm. just like across our street. Yeah. But maybe Inima is not in the the first pile of knowledge mm. coming into their mind. So I find about this institute, the Inima, while just doing my research on the of the PhD because mm. um, the curator of the Long March of Walking Visual Display, Lu Jie, was a student in London in Goldsmith's curating program mm. and from 1988 to 1999. So at that time, Inewa, I think, was quite influential. Mm. And so that was why I was reading the material about Langmarch, about Lujie. So I find about, oh, there is an institute called Inewa. So it's a very natural reaction. So I search and Google it. And I find, oh, Inima is still here today. <laughs> still exists. <laughs> and, so, and, and at that time, it is um, recruiting volunteers. So oh, I think, yeah. So lucky. Yeah, so I applied. Nice. So you found out about Innova through your research. Yeah. And did you find that the curators you were researching for were they using Innova as a resource at the time? Um, I think it's, it's also quite interesting because, um, like, my second supervisor, uh, Grant Wilson from Royal College of Art, he worked in Inima for some time oh. and he collaborated with Inima on some exhibitions. And then he was actually the classmate of Lu Jie, the curator I researched into the, of the project. And so I think Lu Jie was definitely, um, the he would come to Inima for like lectures for exhibitions mm. Yeah, but and maybe using the library. I'm not sure what was the library 
uh, like was like during the nineteen nineties. But definitely, Inova was very important. Yeah, for the London art scene at that time. Yeah, that's so interesting. So you are researching on a project whose curators used to come to the same、yeah. organization in which、yeah. you are doing some research at. So yeah, it seems like a perfect fit. Yeah, so it's kind of also a chance for me to relate myself as. A more like emerging Chinese curator to relate to him. He was also a, a like a curator student,、mm. like in London at that time. He was also very young, and maybe was still facing similar problems,、mm. like what is a post-colonial condition, or how do we position ourselves? So it's kind of trying to almost occupy the same space, yeah, or trying to. More understand what was going on, what kind of problem he was trying to face,、mm. and from my own experience. That's so interesting.、Mm. Moving on slightly, yeah, into kind of the work <laughs> that you're doing in the library.、Mm. So you're also kind of looking at Ho Hanru. Yeah, correct. And、um, what kind of works do we have? What sort of things do we have about him in the library? Yeah. So,、um, and could you tell us a bit about him for those who don't? Yeah,、know? yeah, yeah. Definitely, I was thinking about because.、Uh, Sometimes a name was not an absolute obvious thing for、mm. everyone.、Um, basically,、um, I think Ho Hanru is now the curator, or I think it's called the artist director、mm. for the twenty first century art、uh, in Rome,、mm-hmm. in Roma. Yeah, and and he has been quite international. Though、um, basically, he his. Trajectory、um, of being a curator is very global,、mm. but he kind of the starting point、um, was China,、mm. and his hometown was in the、uh, Guangdong area. Who、uh, speaks air people in that area、uh, speak Cantonese,、mm-hmm. but he le- le- later went to Beijing during nineteen eighties to the Central Academy of Fine art in Beijing、mm. to study study art history, but then later he came to Paris,、mm. and then became a curator there, and he worked with、uh, Hans Ulrich Obrist for、mm. like some major projects. They collaborate、mm. very closely. For example, the Cities on the Move,、mm. uh, that was a very important project during the nineteen nineties. And started from, if I remember right, from Vienna, and moved to uh, uh, like several, maybe six or seven cities globally.、Mm. Yeah, so it's kind of at that time,、um, internationalism. How this,、um, how the contemporary art in different places、uh, were coming together and integrate together was definitely、um, a theme for both Ho Hanru and. And has rich obrist,、mm. yeah. So later,、uh, I think in nineteen ninety four, that was a time when he came to London to um, uh, join. I'm not sure what was a pro a proper word to describe that. He was definitely involved in the nineteen ninety four uh conference for the international visual、yes. art hosted in Tate, and this led to the starting.、Mm. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, Inova. Well, yeah. yeah. There's there's all sorts of questions about the timelines of that. I think <laughs> that yeah, yeah. So that was also quite interesting for me. Maybe we should, like I I hope I 
I will have the chance to interview him mm. and find about all the stories. And it's quite interesting. I'm not sure how this question will lead to more theoretical,、mm. you know, questions or findings. But it kind of for me, I'm already in the story.、Mm. I want to find more about what is going on,、yeah. especially. I think to prepare the conference、um, in 1994, he、uh, embarked on the trip to China.、Mm-hmm. So after、uh, almost five years or four years, because he came to Paris in 1990,、uh, 1990 mm-hmm. so he didn't、um, come back to China during this time. So in 1994, that was the first time he came back to. China、mm. and went to three cities: Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou.、Mm. So that was a time for him to. I think it's both a preparation to interview、um, this artist, critics,、mm. participants in the contemporary art field in China. Or、oh, at that time, they were more called experimental art. Right. Yes.、Okay. So to to prepare for the conference. But I think to sometimes hearing all this、uh, conversation,、uh, it's also quite interesting. Like the artists in those cities, they were also questioning、uh, Hou Hanru.、Mm, yeah, what, what was that feeling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's quite interesting for me to see. Just at that time, the global migration、mm. is still not not that easy. Was not that、mm. easy. So it was still quite privileged to travel around.、Mm. Yeah, but people. Who were traveling? They were definitely having a sight to the future. Yeah. Right. So were they, were these Chinese practitioners questioning、um, Hanru on what was going on in Europe or his place in Europe? Do you think? I think because I think those tapes.、Uh, I'm I'm holding one <laughs> now in my hand. Yes, because he recorded. That's very important. He recorded a lot of his interviews with people. Yeah, but definitely what those records. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the things I found is so interesting because why apply to anyone? Like there was a line, and there is a long introduction in about Stuart Hall Library、mm-hmm. that was saying Stuart Hall Library. Holds a collection of Hou Hanru,、uh, waiting to be sorted.、Mm. So that was <laughs> my waiting for you. <laughs> no, that was my initial like like motivation. Another、mm. motivation for me to come. And why came? So I directly went to the archive room、mm. and and found about this. It was so such an exciting moment for me. I think both. I I I I kind of have a.、Um, Archival favor. I just looking these tapes, and and you know that is how Han Ru wrote it down. These、uh, captions、mm. and those names like Huang Zhuan and and Beijing in nineteen ninety four. So it's kind of all just it gives me a, a lot of excitement.、Mm. Yeah, to try to dig it into. But like coming back to your question,、uh, what ha- what have Uh, this artist questioned Hou Hanru.、Hmm. I'm not sure because it's kind of those recordings were not part of the intended function、mm. of these tapes. So Hou Hanru didn't record much.、Oh. So I think that's also part of another part of my kind of imagination.、Mm. I would think about what kind of conversation would have happened、mm. before and after. The recorded interviews. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's very true. Every time I record a podcast episode, I end up chatting for about half an hour afterwards <laughs> about stuff that doesn't get into the podcast. It's so true that, mm. you know, those conversations of what gets edited out are really also interesting. Yeah, yeah. Ho Haru was conducting these interviews with quite clear, uh, I think, target. Mm. He aimed to to find about, through his interviews, to find about what the contemporary art ecology in China had changed Mm. Through the four or five years, since and, he'd been gone, yeah, right, and and what was the time at that in, in the exact moment in nineteen ninety four in different places? What were people's observation? What was the problem they are facing? Mm. What was like the more like potentials lying there? Yeah, so I think it's more like to covering Chinese contemporary art in the international visual art framework of Inima. So that's really interesting. So could you kind of tell us a bit more about who um, Henry was going to interview? Yeah. And what um, they were what they were doing. And also it was really interesting to me mm-hmm. uh, sorry, what really interests me mm-hmm. is when you said that these artists were often referred to as experimental artists. Why yeah. was that? Yeah. There is uh, it's quite interesting. So um, in China the term for contemporary art was quite um, complicated. Mm. People were not really using contemporary art, I think, until um, like early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. So during the 1990s um, and 1980s, people were kind of using different terms. Mm. Uh, They would call avant-garde art or experimental art. Mm. Yeah. And uh, there is actually an exhibition curated by Victor Wang, um, I think, uh, in last summer mm. uh, in Lisan Gallery. And um, Victor named that exhibition as Shi Yan Yi Shu, just directly that was like the, the pinyin form, mm. uh, spelling form of the Chinese, the experimental mm. art. I think it is a very, um, there's several um, historic facts um, behind it. Because the contemporary, there is, like in contemporary art in the in the vast. Sorry, mm. I'm quoting. I'm putting a quotation mark <laughs> okay, here. Yeah. Because in the vast, what what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> like the contemporary art, it is almost there's a linear um, development. Mm. Um, but in China, after the eighties, uh, after the end of Cultural Revolution, and also because of the open up policy. The open up policy, I think it functioned both in the economic field and in the cultural field, mm. and which means suddenly, or like those, um, like books, catalogs of the Western art history and philosophy, mm. um, they all came to China at once. Okay. So it's it means from the maybe late, uh, late. Uh, 19th century mm. to the most uh, advanced 1980s. Mm. So they all call, they all came together at the same time to uh, the Chinese art field. Mm. I mean, though we we need to uh, mention that during the like from through the 1950s to 1980s, people who were lucky. Hmm. They still got catalogs. Okay. Yeah, but that was not a 
a common phenomenon. Mm. Yeah, so most people were still quite restrained mm. and were short of such materials. Okay. So I think experimental art kind of it was su suggesting about those wide references, mm -hmm. and it was also both about they were still trying to um, to to tangle the problem uh, between the Western art history mm. and Chinese art history mm. and how to um, how to how to absorb them mm. together and what's the, what's the difference. So basically that was a time when everything was a problem <laughs> and they need to really decide yeah. what to do. It's yeah. very confusing. So you... that was kind of the experiment. Mm. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. so we've talked, spoken a lot about the mm. idea of experimental art. Yeah. Who in particular was Ho Henry interviewing? I think he's not particularly interviewing Earth people. Mm. He's interviewing more like it's a survey. Mm. So interviewing a lot of people. Yeah. But sometimes um sometimes it's one to one. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's like a I think an open table discussion. Mm. Like that. Yeah. yeah. But I have to say the quality <laughs> of these tapes were really not good. Not good, right. So it's sometimes for me it's trying my luck. Mm. Yeah. Uh I think two particularly I am now really in, really interested in is one is Huang Zhuan. He is a critic mm. who passed away several years ago. Mm. And he was a very um important, determined uh critic and curator who was promoting Chinese contemporary art mm. and collaborated with um, several important artists like Wang Guangyi and and he was also one who was influenced a lot by the Western philosophies. Right. Yeah, so he has kind of a very, on the one hand, very her heroic and has definitely an action plan mm. of how to how to forward these things. Mm. And push these things forward, and the other person um, I'm interested in is Wang Yousheng, mm -hmm. and and both of these are like one to one interviews. Okay. Yeah, Wang Yousheng was um, an artist, uh, and or has been, I would say, because he's he he's still um, doing practice today. Mm. Or no, although. Always not that much, <laughs> but it's um his identity is quite interesting, and during the nineties until now, he was um an editor in the local newspaper hmm. called Beijing Youth Newspaper, so uh he kind of he he really uh knew people who were active in the contemporary art field, hmm. and he went to all these openings, exhibitions, performances, but at the same time, he held a distance from that. Mm. So he was not involved in the market. Mm. He didn't work uh, in a more like art institution, and he didn't do curator. So it's more like he is documenting, yeah. observing, and thinking about the ongoing historic process. Mm. So that was really interesting for me to just hear 
a people a person who was an important historic situation、hmm. and most people were really excited but he had such a clear、um, awareness that this is important、hmm. but my contribution to this might be or is observation So、right, that right. kind of consciousness of、mm. of holding that holding on to that distance.、Mm. Mm. That's so interesting. Kind of like, wouldn't say an objective observer, but someone who's not,、um, you know, so in, intertwined with it all that they their opinions、mm. are very, you know, obviously skewed towards certain yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting.、Mm. And how many cassettes?、Uh, I'm supposed to put. Sorry to put you on the spot here, but how many、yeah. cassettes did are there? Are there? Nine. <laughs> Nine. Yeah. Okay. So not that much,、mm. but half of this is like fourteen minutes、mm. or something of one side. Of、oh, one the, side, wow! So if sometimes it's, it's double, most of them are double size.、Mm. So that was actually quite a lot, and because the low quality. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was trying first, trying to just using the Walkman、mm. to transcribe and listen to it, but. I think after one hour, I was thinking maybe I will break up, break it up because、mm. I need to, you know,、uh, like rewind、mm. and then listen to it again, then rewind. This but but these tapes, I feel they were they are already very fragile,、mm. and so I used a very very can I use the word diff cumbersome, 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 yeah, yeah way <laughs> to try to. Convert them digitally, right? Okay. So I just bring my、uh, Bluetooth speaker. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and it's so not using the Bluetooth speaker in a not Bluetooth way. Just trying to use use the speaker as a、uh, like sound、um, player、mm. attached to the Walkman. I that's quite ingenious. It's <laughs> 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 really clever. <laughs> and then use my.、Uh, Like like you are using now、mm. the recorder to record it. That's yeah. Wow. So we have digital some version now. Fantastic. Yeah, but then it's like another thing I'm now looking into is、mm. how to how to make them more listenable.、Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, that is always an issue. I think. Yeah, yeah. because there are many. I think over twenty. That's twenty six years.、Mm. We are in twenty twenty now. So from nineteen ninety four, and so the qualities sometimes I can re I really couldn't yeah yeah figure out. Yeah. And also, I think we're probably so used to hearing things that are very crisp and clear that it's、yeah. probably even more difficult now for us、yeah. to listen to something that's very very corrupted and try yeah. and understand yeah, yeah. what's happening. I would just want to mention that I think this has brought me to think about to realize to recognize. Um, the Stuttgart Library is not only a library for books.、Mm. It, it kind of it, uh, was, it 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 is a guardian for the collection. Yeah. Yeah.、That's、through、sure. the 26 years, and this, this was something. This tape from、mm. 1984 was almost like an initial, um, from initial point to today. And so Leila, our archivist,、mm. was now、uh, resorting all the archive of Inuva, and sometimes I feel, yes, people 
who used to work here, who used to do things here, they have gone.、Mm. And it's kind of these objects. On the one hand, they became our clue、mm. to trace back and to know what was going on, what was the situation at that time,、mm. what was the problem they were facing. But on the other hand, they have created a lot of mysteries. Very, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of、uh, so difficult to try to find a way to, to to organize them clearly and、mm. to sometimes, and then maybe after sorting out, I think that is the next stage、mm. to try to maybe put them to open them up to 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 people、yeah. who may find them more inspiring. Useful and interesting.、Mm-hmm. I think that is also my a kind of I digitalize them, the tapes,、mm-hmm. but then like transcribing them, is another difficult work.、Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I have done one, one person like one person of it. Oh no! <laughs> so that's kind of I'm thinking. Yeah, that was kind of problem. I was discussing also this with Leila this morning.、Mm. And 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 later thing because this was not a problem faced by the tape of Hohan rule.、Mm-hmm. This was faced by all the other tapes, all the other AV、uh, recordings. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind well, of now、uh, I'm also this is this is not part of my job. It's, it's Leila's <laughs> job. But I'm also looking looking into that how to、um, how to how to transform them. Yeah, into something that's more accessible. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people I've spoken to in this podcast actually are doing very similar things with different parts of the archive.、Uh, yeah, looking at、um, you know the AB collection and, and、mm. transcribing.、Um, I know Rashi was looking at、um, the Global Visions、um, conference、uh, that you were talking about. She was looking at transcribing those、mm. tapes. So it's really interesting how. Yeah, you're right. Similar similar problems across the archive. But I loved how you said that the the library is a guardian for all yeah this stuff. I I think that was kind, that was very touching for me,、mm. and because library and archive is um is something you couldn't impose your own intention to it.、Mm. Is your intention is to 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 make them available、mm. in a long run, yeah, the future. People who might have、uh, used these materials, they will develop their own interests、mm. to their other things. But the library is is so. It's a charity. It's definitely,、yeah. it's definitely <laughs> you have to,、uh, not really holding on to your own,、uh, mm. like research interests because you need to be more、uh, fair,、yeah. and even. Your attention to different things. So that was another thing coming to my observation is、uh, our librarian Susan, and、um, mm. who most time she、uh, sits at the front desk and doing the indexing、mm. of the newly published magazines and books. And sometimes I I feel、um, she's such a generous person.、Mm. Because she is doing the indexing to, to make it searchable. Yeah. Yeah, and、mm-hmm. to make it integrated into、um, the system of the library, and she's not reading for herself. She's、mm-hmm. not reading and doing other things for her own interest. Yeah. And that is, 
I am not sure if I could do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sit and read hundreds and hundreds of articles and, and you know, books yeah. and, yeah, index them for other people. You're right, it's a very generous act. Mm-hmm. I also think it's a... I mean, I, I just it must be incredible to just be able to absorb that much knowledge. That that to be your your you know your day to day job to just mm. read and take in all of these things and you know put them out there for other people to find. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, could you give us an overview of your PhD project? Uh, I am really on the spot now. Ah, <laughs> so basically, um, I am looking how curating hmm. or creative curating let's borrow this term and put a quotation mark on that <laughs> uh, emerged in China during the late 1990s and early 2000s and I'm looking into um, this phenomenon or historic phenomenon through a case study hmm. into the project you have mentioned called Long March a walking visual display hmm. It happened in 2002, and uh, it had two co-curators, Lu Jie and Chiu Zhijie. So Lu Jie was the one who graduated from Goldsmith's curating program, mm. and Chiu Zhijie was um, an artist who had always been practicing um, in the Chinese contemporary art in different formats, like video, and he was doing more like artistic curating mm. at that time. And then it also um, had maybe like over 200 Chinese and international participants right. organized um, to uh, together to to not walk along. Walk here is more like a metaphor, but basically they held on-site seminars, performances, screenings, discussions, and the different sites along the historic road of Long March. Right. Long March was the name for, um, during the 1930s, the Chinese Red Army, the Communist, mm. uh, the Communist Party's army. Mm. During the Civil War, they escaped from the circulation and the attack of the Kuomintang's army. So Kuomintang mm. was, like, used to be the government for Taiwan. Right, I see. Yes. Okay, so that was a civil war term. Mm. But the Long March kind of it had become a metaphor for Chinese people mm. because in the uh, interpretation of that history, the Long March had led to the revival of the Chinese Communist Army. Mm. It also led to Mao Zedong um, came to the more central power mm. in the party and kind of also people added um, more interpretation to that it was the starting point of the modernity of China right because kind of uh, after the civil war like the there was a cease mm. of the civil war because the communist party and the Kuomintang they need to face together to fight with the invader the Japanese mm. yeah oh god I'm getting such a history lesson right now <laughs> yeah so great. kind of but like all this are wrapped up it just the long march was the um, this artist were doing all these things along the historic road right. of long march because they want to they want to more like um, borrow or going back to the more local references mm. of where 
um, their art was created where the audience are mm. and it's kind of going back from the international mm. to the local right that's lovely yeah that's really interesting because i don't know if lovely was the right word but really interesting because what you say about the long march being a road but then mm. it's also in a way a symbol whatever yeah. you're right in saying mm. so they've almost taken it back to being the road yeah and being back to the road and trying to break down the symbols and also they were using a particular problem they were facing at that time was that um the late 1990s um that was a time when um the market the international global market for chinese contemporary art mm. uh, it had emerged mm. uh, and expanded and then there were different kind of Chinese contemporary art exhibitions in like the Venice Biennial or in the Western like like European and American museums. Mm. So there was a trend at that time. And um, but then there was no uh galleries, mm. museums, uh, collectors back to China. Right. So that was really imbalanced. And so that was kind of a collective anxiety uh, embedded in the artistic uh community mm. um like how basically there were there was a um dislocation mm. of their art they were creating art uh they were joking it was more like export <laughs> yeah, yeah right. to the international so kind of the curator also um realized this problem and Lu Jie's way was because he Studied creative curating in Goldsmiths mm. at that time, and and his way was more like research based curating, mm. if we call from today. He, uh, this project, the starting point for that project was a proposal, of his submission to the Goldsmiths program mm. during the uh, MA, and he later spent two years. Yeah, almost three years, two years in New York right. to polish it. Mm. So uh, before the project really happened, um, it was already well-researched and imagined mm. in the format of a curatorial plan, a very detailed, like uh, 80 pages curatorial plan. Huh. Yeah. So, uh, so each side, they had, like, there was like historic background and then the theme, mm. very big themes like revolution right. or like the relation between the West and the East, mm. like how, how, the, how China has imagined the West. So, and some also big problems or themes, trends uh, in the contemporary art at that time, like identity politics. Mm. So all this were wrapped up in the detailed curatorial plan mm. and kind of I think my uh, research as a more particular question or the particular um, thing I want to review um, with this case study is to review how the one man the curator's research mm. has turned into uh, a collective artist's practice mm. yeah so it's kind of how because with that plan it's already so much planned on which day you, you do what 
it almost like you don't need artists. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. just just <laughs> just then for the listeners, every time every time at this day, the Chelsea College Cafe starts to put away its outdoor tables. So <laughs> every time, every time, I always forget this happens. Yeah, so reader, the, like our listeners, you can also have a sense of, of the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is also the daily routine of the library. Who is <laughs> yes. experiencing? Yeah. Yes, when you get to about what time is it? Um, you know, ten to three. The, the, the tables go away and you just hear the clanking. So apologies for the clanking. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting, especially... You're, so it's, it's a very, very detailed plan. This is before he's even gone to the artist. So what are the artists then adding to this incredibly detailed yeah. plan? That's, yeah. Well, not only adding, maybe just, you know, they could, they could neglect mm. or open it up. Or break it down. Right, I see. So they could, yeah, kind of tear it all up and say no. <laughs> Let's do something else. Yeah, so kind of that's that's my so oh because this project, um, he's almost done. I think there's the last two tables. Oh, here's one. <laughs> yeah, because the project has uh, accumulated a lot of interpretation and representation, but mainly from the curator's side, mm. and so. I think in my research, I would like to give more voice to the, to the artists, artists yeah. yeah, who have participated there. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. And were these artists um, people who were still living in China, or had like the curators had they kind of like gone abroad and studied abroad? Um, so that, I mean, there's probably loads of artists, so that's a very big question. Yeah, well, very few artists mm. were having the experience of going abroad, right? Or some of them, like they went abroad, but most of them, obviously, they were still quite local. Yeah, that's interesting. So it really, it really did feel to them like they were creating art for export, yeah. and that there was no like there's there was not like a local like art ecology for them to be. Yeah, yeah. and first, quite there was not only Chinese artist mm. in the uh, project, like Judy Chicago. Oh right! And she also participated in the project. That's so yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's not say like, oh, she's a well-known name. That's me being <laughs> overexcited. But yeah, that's interesting that yeah. it's not just a Chinese very artists. like like godmother mm. of the feminism art from the U.S. Yeah. and and so she um, not hosted. She was like a very important artist mm. in the site called Lugu Lake. Uh, it was a matriarchal. The area, mm. and and she that she tried to explore the theme with other Chinese female artists, like what if women rule the world, mm. and basically how to think about feminism mm. in that local context. So yeah. the local context was it already matriarchal? Yeah, that's so interesting. Mm. Wow, because the I think Lu Jie was also trying to break up like the. The unified imagination of China. Mm. Yeah, China is so big. Yeah. And so they went into, and because the Red Army, when they were escaping mm. the Kuomintang, they they went to very remote and underdeveloped area. Mm. Hard, hardcore trip. Mm. And so many of these places, the the army, um, had been to, were. Ethnic minorities mm, area, right? Yeah, that's yeah. So interesting. It's I I hadn't realized how many ethnic minorities there were 
within Chinese culture until I went to Shanghai and I went to the Shanghai Museum, I think, and they have a really good display of all the um, sort of different clothes of the different traditional, well, traditional, but the different ethnic minorities within Chinese Mm. culture. And it's so interesting because I guess in the West, we're shown this picture of sort of a one, a monoculture, which is so not (laughs) accurate to what China's actually like. Mm. And also I remember people would say to me, oh, you went to China, why didn't you go to Beijing? Why didn't you go to the Great Wall? And I was like, I went to Shanghai. It's, it's hundreds of thousands of miles away <laughs> because people's pictures of China is so skewed of like the geography and how mm. it works. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think people in China definitely, it's quite interesting. China is both a geographical area, mm. but it is also um, a concept mm. operating. Yeah. yeah. So it's sometimes to see it is unified. At the same time, it is quite diverse Hmm. yeah and different things were um they are existing together Hmm. at the same time yeah Yeah. in the concept yeah definitely and what you said so when you spoke about how you're looking more from the artist's point of view do you think that this um, project helped to kind of create more of a sense of community maybe between artists or do you think it introduced um some artists who maybe were working in isolation to other Hmm. people who had similar sort of interests Mm, that thing that was also my initial thought Mm. like maybe this project had created a collective Mm. a community a collaboration Mm. project for i think that was a quite uh exception yeah Uh, one it would to 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 really interview and look at the documents um i think the main tension and mainly lie in the artists if they do a project they have mm-hmm. their own intention mm-hmm. and the local situation and what kind of like the materials they could use and maybe they were not really in meaning uh, these works are not really implicit mm. but uh, then the curatorial intention for each side is very clear it has mm-hmm. agenda and it has topics. So it's kind of, I think, between that, the curatorials, um, curatorial intention and the artist's artworks, mm. that was the main tension mm. I have seen here. Yeah, and so it's kind of, there is an integrity, a very much integrity in the curatorial plan. Mm. But then the artist, maybe the would like to more drift, mm. yeah, to escape from the discourse, or in other words. Right. Yeah. So that kind of, uh, I think, led to my uh, thinking about how to deliver the research mm. and how artists and curators could co- collaborate better. Yeah. Right. So yeah, so you, you're not only in your PhD are you researching this project, but you're also thinking, how can we learn from this project and bring yeah, it into definitely. how we carry on to curate in the contemporary moment? Yeah. So yeah, so how could you tell tell us how do we collaborate better in a contemporary moment? <laughs> I think collaboration definitely is a very um hot thing. Mm. <laughs> recently. <laughs> It's very fashionable, isn't it? It's trendy. It's trend. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. I, 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 not using a trendy. It's word. trendy, but it's not. It's more. 
I don't know, sometimes it's, it seems like it's a necessity because there's almost like a lack of resources to then be able to work in a non-collaborative sense. Sometimes mm. I, I get the sense of that, that it's, it's great to work collaboratively, but perhaps sometimes there's not the option <laughs> to not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, you have to create your own ecology, mm. basically. Um, I think I, I am more just looking from the curatorials view, mm. but... Um, maybe it's worth mention like during the nineteen nineties one like like star curators mm. they arose and then artists became quite like upset mm. about this situation well, you can because see why. <laughs> because the artwork yeah, artworks became the the materials mm. of the curatorial arguments. But then um the discourse of the research on the curatorial this uh, emerged and then curatorial was like it was um, promoted by like Ivy Rogoff, uh, Maria Lind, Paul O'Neill, these researchers in the curatorial and basically they were more like support that the curators is not the center mm. and the curatorial work is shared among the participants and it is more open-ended it's process-based mm. and sometimes process-based also means research-based. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more like about sharing. Mm. So everyone could undertake part of the curatorial work. So it, it's no longer so uh, mechanical that the artwork is a word in the sentence of the curator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think curatorial in its own like in raising this new term, definitely it already kind of acknowledged the need of collaboration. Mm. Yeah. And then it's about how to collaborate. Uh, Maria Lind has a book uh, looking at different projects of collaboration. But I think it's kind of unavoidable mm. to collaborate in art yeah. or, or especially in curating when you deliver your mm, art well yeah, a, yeah. Curator, a curator is nothing without their collaborators really oh yeah and it's kind of interesting for me to also looking from the research point of view because when we were thinking about research i think previously more like in the just just in Lujie's uh, situation in the 1990s the research kind of is still belonging so much to one person. Mm. Yeah. But then if you, if you want to root your project into a more history, the the local uh, geography mm. or the local community, and how do you do that research together with the artist or with all the participants, even with the audience? Mm. Yeah instead of thinking and how what was the method of doing the research i think sometimes it's maybe not only just reading books mm. and compiling all the materials it's maybe sometimes you have to start the conversation earlier yeah yeah definitely like what you were talking about with the cassette how you know you've got this section in the middle but what's happening before yeah what's happening after those conversations Mm. can be really valuable and yeah. not to plug the library but um, <laughs> I do think when you were talking that it has what what we do in the library where we have our reading groups and you know 
the research is is a communal thing and yeah you know you're sharing ideas you're sharing perspectives and that's、mm. really valuable yeah I mean especially when the research will lead to a collective action、mm. yeah I think that is also my thinking about the collective marching、mm. is marching in one way it is ne- negating the knowledge negating the Russian、uh, the thinking. The logical thinking it becomes more thematic, more bodily.、Mm. Um, like people who are marching, there is a、uh, a plan already set up. But when they are marching, actually the bodily、uh, sensation, it's kind of the rhythm and also the rhythm will overwhelm the thinking.、Mm. So it's kind of also you can call it a detox. <laughs> Situation is kind of I feel the research needs to be done collectively, with the conversation embedded、mm-hmm. into it. But then there's also, I think, um, another problem I identified is I think contemporary art now is so much, um, entangled with discourse, and sometimes with preset topics,、mm. and then it's kind of I feel we need something like marching. To, to kind of to to, to, temporarily, shut it down, <laughs> and just to do the, the action.、Mm, yeah. Yeah. Less talk, more action. Yeah. Definitely.、Mm. That's so interesting. So, to jump back to the long march, were they actually marching from place to place? That is also a question I asked. Yeah. And I think, no. <laughs> Yeah, because that was almost like they were using that as a as a metaphor, yeah, a symbol, and they were definitely on the trip for six 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 days. Yeah, sorry, sixty six. Yeah. yeah, and but people who were always on the road were only the call team, so the two curators and the videographer. Right. Yeah. So people and sometimes. Then there was the, like the secretary, the assistant who were uploading because they were also trying to,、um, take down notes and write a diary and take photos and upload to their website. Right. Okay. And so, the remote audience, the secondary audience,、mm. could have access and follow their trip. It was almost like a, just a growing blog. Right. Yeah. And an internet. Yeah, it's quite interesting. How they were using internet at that time,、yeah. and、uh, and so, but they were definitely the call team was really tired. I feel <laughs> so it's like even it's not marching. I feel they are not marching with the action. Yeah, like that 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 step, but they were in an intensive mode for the trip. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I see what you mean.、Mm. Interesting. Does the website still exist?、Um, I'm going to assume it doesn't. It <laughs> it still exists, but that's another thing. Very very interesting.、Mm. There's、um, there has been several important updates. Right. Okay. Of the website. Yeah. Because this project later, it evolved into first a cultural institute、mm. called.、Um, Twenty five thousand Li 
Cultural Transmission Center mm-hmm. in 798 Zun in Beijing. Right. And then later, in about 2005, it began to more convert into a commercial gallery mm. called Lamarch Space. Right, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and Lamarch Space is still one of the most influential gallery in China in wow. the contemporary art field. And so, kind of the Lamarch... So, in the Lamarch Space, they also had like a parallel or... Or underneath, it's maybe not underneath, parallel project. Mm. They were in the same building called Lamarch Project. Mm. So Lamarch Space is for the commercial side. Yeah. And Lamarch Project is for the more curatorial side. Right, okay. Um, yeah, and they had done interesting projects since 2002. And so they were always trying to activate that treasure accumulated in the 2002 and mm. reflect on that. Um, but then in, when I started my research in 2017, and I volunteered in the Longwatch project. Ah, right. And so I had access to their archive. Mm. And that was also a time when they tried to uh, rebuild a website right, okay. for the Longwatch project. Mm. So it's quite interesting, like the, maybe the first website in 2002 it was so all these letters diaries um recordings um the the words um they were written in a first person voice okay but in 2017 when i started with um the the stuff in the lamash project um one mission or one task they were doing is to rewrite this um, diaries, these descriptions from the first person voice to a third person. Right, I see. Because yeah. it's not them; <clears throat> it's not the original person speaking. But that's. But also, there was a sense of history brought in yeah. now. Yeah, I was trying to, and also, uh, you know, when it was written in first person, it could be very dramatic voice <laughs> and now they were doing the historians work right i see to rewrite it and to historicalize it mm. interesting mm. it's great you got to experience working there as well yeah i feel maybe working working in the institute is part of my research method <laughs> <laughs> you just sparked me on that thought nice nice so oh gosh moving on slightly from that Back to the library again. Um, so how has your perception of the collection of the library changed since you began volunteering here? Mm. I feel at first, um, is this is a quite old. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that, like, um, it's not in the sense of saying British library. Mm. It has old books. It's more like, because... Ineva or still house libraries focus is on contemporary art. Mm. So it's quite um it's very easy to feel it's no longer contemporary. Oh yes, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's like looking at the magazines from the nineteen nineties, mm. looking at the books from the early two thousands. And and the feeling is like 
this is history. <laughs> this is not contemporary art now. So that was quite interesting for me to feel about the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 also, um, I think maybe later in my life, maybe I will also still work as a researcher and write my own books or something. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes a bit, um, it's touching or a bit fear fearful for me to think I'm writing a book but maybe it will update <laughs> in 10 years you know yeah yeah that feeling of how to write a book that is really um, useful for people to know that history mm. but also could bring inspiration and insight to people who has their own problem mm. I think that is me facing all this i mean especially the journals mm. i think especially yeah because yeah. the journal sometimes they are maybe bi-monthly or monthly or bi-annually and it's quite interesting to realize what kind of time frame yeah to what extent they were trying to to be effective mm. yeah yeah definitely this is something that i think i talked to stephen about back in the first episode, about, we were talking about net art then, how quickly things came out of date. But I think it's still very valid when you're talking about books and, and journals that they, something that's only from like 10, 20 years ago could suddenly feel like a, like a relic. And yeah. also interesting because you spoke about the Long March and, and the, you know, the documentation of that and the way they're making a new website. When that happened in 2002, so that was 18 years ago, yeah. which is not, in the grand scheme of things, a huge amount of time, but yeah. it, already it feels like an historical event. Yeah, but then at the same time, it's marvelous how people were coming in, they are coming in to find this old books. Mm. Maybe, you know, because the history sometimes a clue, they lie in the details. Mm. Yeah, and so they come in to act sometimes like, I think this is also for me, I sometimes like a detective <laughs> to try to find the clues and maybe this lead to another very interesting and penetrating analysis. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. So, if our listeners want to learn more about what we've discussed today, um, do you have any recommendations of things that they should be looking at? I think definitely they could look at the website of Long March, a book image for display. And uh, also I am working on a bibliography of Ho Han Ru, mm. and this will be soon, um, I think, uploaded to the Stuhol Library's website. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is um, a recommendation for people who would like to know about Chinese contemporary art. Mm. I think another thing very interesting is Stuhol Library uh, is organizing the catalogs, uh, especially those volumes more like uh, on a certain area, mm. according to the area. Yeah. So like if you come into the Stuhol Library, you will see Japanese, Taiwan, uh, like Cambodian mm. or Caribbean. <laughs> and then Chinese. Yeah. So that was quite something for me. Yeah. To just look at those books 
directly, because、mm-hmm. sometimes I use a British library, and you can only just order books online. Yes, and they will、yeah. deliver to you. And they have that silly thing that tells you what else on the shelf, but it's not very accurate, and sometimes it's not even there. So it's not yeah, it's、helpful. it's just like very. I feel useful for me. Yeah, to just stand in front of the shelf、mm. and look what is there and what is the neighbors of each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely, and yeah, because it's organized by geography. You know, if you're interested in Chinese contemporary art, go to the Chinese section and then、yeah. have a look, and you can just read the spines and. See what you find.、So. Yeah, and、um, especially Stu Hall Library has collected many interesting、um, artistic books、mm. and catalogs that were really precious. You might thinking, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. So, final question: We are looking towards the future, and what are your plans for the future? And are there any projects that we should be keeping an eye out? <laughs> I can think of one. <laughs> the PhD thesis. Well, that's one. Okay, I can think of two. <laughs> What's in your mind? The、uh, research network. Oh yes! <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's another thing. I um, I'm so lucky. I feel to have the chance to share my research and with um another my friend from Hong Kong, um Bo Choi. So she's now in the MA. Uh, in Slade Fine、mm. Art, doing an MA there, and she's an artist, and we hope to share some of our thinking about the kind of the some dilemma in the post-colonial situation. Or if it's there's a quotation mark there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I always feel quite、mm, strange、mm. to see. Uh, China is a post-colonial in the post-colonial situation.、Mm. Uh, how does China could relate to the post-colonial series?、Mm. So kind of that, that's、um, is one thing I've like to share and think about in the research network hosted by Eniva in the next February.、Mm. Yeah, exciting.、Mm-hmm. And your PhD will be finished. When when are you finishing? Uh, in the summer of two thousand twenty-one. Oh, exciting! Hopefully, I will be on time. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Well, I'm sure it'd be great. Yeah, and also I'm doing an exhibition. I'm working with several artists with another curator called、uh, or gallerist, Qing Xinggao in in this、um, November in Shanghai. Oh, oh wow! Just at the time of、uh, Shanghai Biennial、mm. to try to maybe bring. Both、uh, British and Chinese artists together, and to think about how the studio art could, or how they have these artists individually in their studio, how they have、um, been facing the our turbulent times.、Mm. Yeah, interesting. We would like to thank Xiaoyi for chatting with Chloe today, and you for listening. If you'd like to hear more from Zhao Yi, she's presenting alongside artist Bo Choi for our research network program, Global Revisions, in February 2021. If this conversation has made you want to know more about the work of Innova and the Stuart Hall Library, please have a look at our website www.innova.org, where you can see our events and sign up for our mailing list. Yeah,